Hello and welcome to this episode of Spotlight with Sandhya. After the easing of travel restrictions in India, people have been flocking to the great outdoors for a break from the city lives. My friends and I visited the Kabini Reserve Forest in Karnataka. We went on a safari through three wildlife sanctuaries, Bandipur, Nagarhole and Vayanad. We were lucky enough to spot a tiger and many elephants. And we discovered that Karnataka is home to one of the highest number of tiger and elephant populations. To tell us more about the wonders of nature, let's welcome to the show Amogavarsha, a wildlife photographer and filmmaker who's made a world-class film called Wild Karnataka. Hi, Amog. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. You had done a couple of other films before you did this one, right? Can you tell me how right. that came about? So I think I've kind of been um, like, I always love the back backyard, so to speak. Uh, and I think there are beautiful, brilliant stories in our own backyard to be told. I mean, I've traveled across the world pretty much short of one continent. I've seen you know most uh, places which are known for wildlife. I've been to Africa, um, to Australia, but I think there's something special about our own backyard. It could be the Western Ghats, it could be the Nilgiris and, and such places. And given we live in Bangalore, it's a five-hour drive to see an elephant or a tiger, which doesn't happen in, in most places in the world. You know, to drive five hours and to see a tiger is, is a very, very rare thing. So I've always wanted to tell smaller, shorter, beautiful stories about the backyard. So we did a whole bunch of um, music videos. Ricky and I collaborated. Ricky Cage is a... a known musician in Bangalore and also a Grammy winner. We collaborated on a whole bunch of projects where we said, hey, this message of, you know, wilderness, the message of conservation, we have to take it to the Aam so to speak, or to every single person. It doesn't, it can't be a niche that only certain people enjoy. It can't be something that only niche wildlife enthusiasts can enjoy. So we combined music with wildlife and, and made a, a whole bunch of music videos and songs. And that went very well. We made a film on uh, the river Kali and the biodiversity around it. So I think even that went on to be uh, kind of received very well. In fact, the Tiger Reserve got its name changed due to the film and now it's called Kali Tiger Reserve. So I think in essence, I go on you know, traveling in my you know, routine work and, and wherever I see that there is a worthy enough story to be told uh, and you bring that story and you see who, who do you want to tell the story to? Is it a story for kids? Is it a story for adults? And then you build uh, the story accordingly. Oh, wonderful. So tell me how this Wild Karnataka film came about. And the most uh, impressive achievement, A, you collaborated with so many other filmmakers. And like you said, with Ricky, all extremely talented and very enthusiastic about what they're doing. But most of all, the feather in the cap, you got David Attenborough involved in the project. He is the narrator. How did you manage to do that? See, to be very honest, when we started the project, we had no clue that it's going to be the scale. We had no clue. Like even if my wildest dream would have been to get an autograph from Sir David Attenborough, that would be my dream. But for him to be narrating a script that we wrote and then to meet him, I mean, it's, it's, it's straight out of fantasy. I mean, I couldn't have even dreamt of it. But I think the origin of this idea started by, um, you know, a couple of our friends, uh, some in the forest department um, and otherwise, who all got together one, one evening over, you know, um, dinner and said, hey, look, 
you know we work for international uh, broadcasters we've done films outside you know for the international audience but i think the story of our own state hasn't been told and i think right now we have the technology the expertise um and the know how to make a world class film which is on par with any anything or anyone else was doing in the world and i think we should do a story about our own state because you know if you ask kids um until very recently if you ask them they had more knowledge about african wildlife than indian wildlife and the reason being there are not too many films on indian wildlife and even if they are made they kind of made for a western audience not really for an indian audience so i think that was kind of our mandate and that's how we started but you know how with most new ventures how it goes not only were we doing something new we were also trying to do create a new category which did not exist before so it took a long time it really took a long time and half the times we thought you know we'll never complete it or we will not get by with it thankfully uh, the people who supported us starting from uh, you know prashant prakash from discovery village to smayor to vinay lutra our forest officer friend mr vijay monraj and of course my, my teammates you know they all kept kind of pushing us forward saying no you got to do this it will happen it will happen and then with wildlife you know sometimes seasons don't happen you don't get rains how are you going to show uh, you know waterfalls without rains so all these kind of challenges and it went on and on uh, for about 4 years and uh, yeah eventually it 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 kind of crossed the bar of what we thought um, it should be which which seldom happens in life right you, you know you're always trying to meet your bar but i thought it kind of crossed all our expectations and, and kind of that's where it went i agree with you it's far surpassed any expectations anybody could have had i saw it last year when you premiered it in bangalore and uh, i was absolutely blown away and uh, recently when i was in kabini i stayed at discovery and they were playing this movie again and that's when i thought i must invite you to the show and to talk about you know how you are a path breaker in this genre of natural history filmmakers in india and t- tell me how are you now encouraging more people to get into this so i think there are two things uh, we ended up doing with the film one is you know we have we kind of you know in india we we, we have a little bit of a uh, inferiority complex about ourselves we think that we can't do a great job though we are very talented i think one thing is that now everyone knows that we can do this kind of quality work and that confidence is there in everyone and the second most important thing is the viewership this film has had which is about it ran 50 days in cinema across the country which is unheard of for any uh, in a wildlife film ever uh, not just that I, i also heard from our channel partner recently that it's clocked the most number of views uh, in 2020 for any wildlife film so which is i think to this you know 15 million views so it just showed people that one this is possible and two there's an audience for it which were the two biggest questions right like when usually you take it to a broadcaster or uh, to a cinema they say hey now nobody's going to watch this now i think that has been debunked and the second important thing is of course that we can do it so those two things have been uh, you know kind of solved now it has opened up i would say a larger canvas for anybody who wants to do independent films wants to do collaborate with us and and see this as a market right and also see this as a, an opportunity so a uh, lot of people have started doing short film and also large format films a lot of states are now supporting forest departments are supporting more filmmakers to come so i think it's it's kind of changed uh, the trend and started like a new wave of uh, possibilities uh, not just in terms of technology and i think just in terms of mindset of people right now people think it's it's possible now people think there are people who are into watch this 
So, uh, just to let our audience know, if they do want to watch it, it's currently available on. No, it's on uh, Discovery Plus app. It also plays on Discovery uh, Television. Uh, the teaser is, of course, on uh, YouTube. Okay. I also feel that somehow all these efforts that you're making are also going to have an impact in terms of conservation. Like you said, you're opening mindsets with the work that you're doing. You also make people more cognizant of what's happening to the environment around us. And I'm keeping in mind, you know, this whole corona pandemic that started with just humans being completely disrespectful of our environment. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about it? See, I think COVID has been like a great eye-opener for all of us, especially, you know, we, we humans um, have exceedingly been kind of playing with the boundaries of nature, right? And to think of it, so somebody did a small math. The, if you put all the COVID uh, viruses that have infected humankind and measured the weight is less than a gram, and something less than a gram would bring the entire world to a standstill. All the technology, we have technology now that is capable of living on Mars, but we still haven't been able to fight something which we can't even see. So I think that humility about nature is something I think we've all learned uh, during the last year. But having said that, um, right now more than ever, it's important to protect our wildlife, um, not just for their good, but for our own good. And what happened in Wuhan is a classic example of what happens when uh, wildlife trade goes unchecked or wild meat uh, you know, trade goes unchecked. I mean, you think about India, right? India has a billion plus people and we still have tigers, elephant, and some of the largest uh, biodiversity hotspots, but we still don't have pandemics coming from India, which one of the big reasons for that is the forest department's enforcement of wildlife laws and also that humans are not in such close proximity uh, to wildlife and, and you know don't kind of interfere so much so i think we've done a great job in india so far and, and the proof of the pudding is the fact that we don't have pandemics originating uh, in india uh, we have very very sporadic and not at the scale at all so i think now more than ever we need to take cognizance do we want to live in a world where every alternate year we're going to have a lockdown or we're going to do something smart about it all right so you know, this whole uh, journey that you carved for yourself in the last 15 years, what is uh, your takeaway from it? How has it changed you as a human being, as a person? I think um, for me, going out into the wild or going into the nature is, is a very humble experience. I mean, every time I go, I discover something about myself, the issues that I have, what I should do, brings more humility each time I go. It makes me feel even more insignificant at the same time. But also what I've started slowly realizing over time, with a lot more, lot more, I would say, a uh, little more wisdom than I used to have is, is the fact that we are all so interconnected. And to be able to see that interconnectedness between all of us is, I think, what we've come a very far distance from by putting so many barriers between ourselves and nature. And the simplest example is, like, you know, when, when the lockdowns are lifting, and I live right next to Lalbagh. The largest queue I saw was outside Lalbagh. If you ask somebody like two years ago, what's your dream? Oh, they would say, oh, give me like Netflix for three months. I don't want to get out of house. I want to watch TV and eat pizzas. But nobody wanted to do that after a short time. Everyone wanted to be outdoors. In fact, the bookings in some of the general ecotourism destinations are shorter because inherently we are, you know, to be uh, in nature. That's our genetic makeup. So we can't get very far away from it. So I think for me, I, I've realized that my best self is when I'm surrounded with trees. It doesn't even need to be wildlife. So 
I do my own little. I go to Lal Bagh for a run, and you know whatever little I can do, even if I'm stuck in city. So I think, yeah, I think it's it's. Uh, you learn more about the interconnectedness about of things. You know, I what something that you said just now resonated with it completely. You said, you know, you feel so insignificant. What I have felt looking at the African safari or wherever where I've seen the marvels of nature is all our human problems seem so trivial. and you just feel you're nothing but a speck of dust probably in the cosmos it feels to us that our burdens are the biggest but we are nothing so our burdens are nothing i think that's one of the reasons that you know people should go and commune with nature because it puts things into perspective and absolutely i i mean i was just last week i was traveling somewhere and we went on a hike and we saw this huge massive eucalyptus trees and i said wow the cathedral of trees right and and you know you can feel the energy it's, it's it's not something that is just kind of like a metaphor you can actually feel it and you feel recharged you, you just feel like i mean it's it, there is a reason why you know so many people hike to there there's a reason why people are just craving to get out and like you said it one makes us feel so insignificant but also makes us feel that we need very little to live you know three meals in a day or two meals a day and, and a roof on our head and that's pretty much what we need and in all of that we've built around it is just adding more layers and layers it's it's not like it's solving some esoteric kind of you know requirement we have we don't we don't it's it's simple you walk you eat you know you sleep it's it's really that simple i don't know i mean i still i still wonder why we gone and complicated this so much absolutely now i want to talk about some of the exciting moments that you would have had in the forest you know some near escapes or something really unexpected but in the forest the, the most irritating things are the kind of most um the trouble you get is not from the big animals it's from the small ones the ticks and the leeches like i would i would every day uh, walk in a forest with lots of snakes um and leeches to actually getting bitten by ticks so most people think it's it's the big big things the small things and and mind you the tick bites are really really terrible you, you have to scratch scratch that for 3 to 6 months it's not a pretty sight So yeah. <laughs> it's 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 kind of disgusting at times. <laughs> like you're standing and scratching yourself in all wrong places. People think what's wrong with this fellow? <laughs> but actually, I think by you know it's quite kind of nasty. But having said that, we've had some wonderful moments. I would say very exciting moments where which we've never thought we would ever see in the wild. I mean, if you've seen the movie, you would realize there is a there is a scene where a whole bunch of otters you know chase a tiger away, which forget has never been seen or never been documented before and um, you know uh, a leopard chasing uh, a bunch of monkeys up the tree these are things that you know one would never imagine would happen in the wild but you keep your eyes and ears open and the forest will throw its own magic at you so what are the next projects that you have lined up now so uh, we're doing a film on uh, the city of mumbai and the wildlife of uh, Mumbai. We're doing that. We're doing another conservation uh, film on Karnataka itself. Uh, it's going to be in the local language as well. So we're working on that as well. Uh, we have a couple more projects lined up, but as you know, due to COVID, a lot of the plans got changed. Uh, so we're kind of busy re-architecting how we look at uh, the stories and, and what is more relevant these days. But yeah, all good, hands full. What can I ask? And is easy to get funding for your kind of projects. Oh, so low request. I mean, when I started, it was really difficult, right? So, like you said, I I quit a cushy job, 
I'm more than the the AC cabin what I missed for the paycheck. My salary dropped down to five percent of what it was, not fifty five percent. So I had to make do with what I was like five percent of what. Uh, but I've learned to live with whatever money I have. So and because money is not a driving factor for me, and and I don't have too many responsibilities. I'm alone. Kind of I have a very uh, how do I say um, simple life in, in a sense of I don't need too many things. Yeah, there's money I end up spending. I'm that kind of a guy. But if there's no money, I'm fine too. Uh, but thankfully now. because people have seen what we've done i think there's definitely a lot more uh, you know kind of uh, uptake for what we want to do and also now people are watching so much on the streaming uh, channel so i think right now is a good time to be in business all right so you know now that more people like you said are going out into the wilderness and they want to experience a commune with nature is there any word of caution you would like to give them apart from of course being mindful of whatever rules or laws that are in place is there some something that you would like to tell them to be wary about or to be um you know respectful about nature see that's a great question because you know rules and regulations of course change from place to place and and depending on which kind of forest you are in the regulations also change but put simply it's, it's you're entering somebody's home how how would you like if somebody came into your house it's the same kind of respect you know you should give like you said being mindful uh, you know things like not littering are obvious right but also keeping safe distance from the animals like don't intrude right the more you intrude the experience that you have is going to be so much worse so the more pure an experience you want to have the more organic your approach should be and the more in harmony you should be wherever you are you know when you walk in the forest the forest should feel that you're part of it not that you know you're shouting and playing loud music and talking loudly and and try and absorb as much as possible and kind of slow travel through these places it's not just about ticking box so i think eventually it's it's being mindful and and i mean every time you want to do something just think about it if somebody came to your house and did the same thing would you like it and if the answer is no then don't do it beautiful slow travel slow travel through life that's a wonderful philosophy to follow um among and uh, thank you for joining us today thanks sandhya um i'm glad to have uh, had this time to share some of my thoughts and uh, yeah it's 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 always good uh, to talk to people from the uru who are as connected to the ecosystem as possible and uh, hopefully we'll do uh, more good to the city and the places around i hope you enjoy listening to this episode of spotlight with sandhya I host my podcast on Hubhopper, India's leading podcast creation platform. You can check out more on hubhopperstudio.com. You can view the video of this interview on the Raintree Media YouTube channel and you can also visit our blog. Do see the links in the episode description. Until I'm back with another interesting guest, take care and bye-bye.